Eagles Entertainment. Whether you order it provolone without or whiz wit, cheesesteaks are better with Pepsi. Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles fans are everywhere. Every time I mention Philadelphia on stage, someone yells, Go Birds! I just took on that role of appreciating the time that I'm getting with the family. My wife makes the most incredible moist German chocolate cake I've ever tasted. That's one thing I love about him. Troy, he's just grateful. I won't swear at all, just so everybody knows. (laughs) My daughters are 10 and 8, and they Google me all the time. Welcome back to Feeding the Birds, presented by Pepsi, hosted by the grilling godfather, Derek Gunn. I'll be your co-host, Blake Wexler, and I'm currently trying to find a way to sneak into one of Derek's family dinners, especially if a game's on. Imagine the insights. My children love my insights and all my dad jokes. Just ask them. Anyway, it's true. I do have children and even a few grandkids now. And having a gang over for a big family meal is one of the highlights of my life. I feel lucky that way, and I know I'm not alone. Now, in this episode of Feeding the Birds, we focus on the family. As you can probably imagine, our Eagles family is huge. There are fans, players, and coaches all over the world. Like family, they are here for the good times and the tougher times, and we love every last one of the boisterous, opinionated bunch. Today, I've invited two guests who represent the heart of their families and ours, Tommy Vinson and Brandon Graham. Plus, Colleen Wolf and Ross Tucker are back to sound off on which holiday has the best food. I know what my pick is. My first guest today is a chef, podcast host, motivational speaker, and entrepreneur. Plus, she's a mother of five and a grandmother and the matriarch of Vincent Country. She also happens to be Eagles legend Troy Vincent's wife. Tommy embodies the three themes of today's episode, food, fun, and football. We get into the importance of food in the Vincent house and what it was like feeding a family of five and sometimes more. Can you imagine the shopping carts and food bills? Tommy Vincent, it is my pleasure to be talking cooking with you. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful, and thank you so much for having me, Derek. I appreciate it. Now, I have to ask you, the first thing I have to ask you is this. How would you describe Vincent Country? So Vincent Country is a family lifestyle brand, and we have three pillars, our faith, our family, and our food. And with all three of those pillars intersecting, Troy and I have had the opportunity to build an amazing life together, establishing our country. And we look to inspire others to recognize that they have the ability to have their own country exactly where they are and really just consider what it means to establish legacy as a family. All right, of course, uh, Tommy is the wife of Troy Vincent. Yes, Troy Vincent of lateral pass fame. Third and goal, everyone in tight. I'll bet you he throws it here. Aikman is back. He is looking, he throws into the end zone. Intercepted, intercepted. Coming up with the interception, running along the far sideline, cutting to the center of the field. Eagles have the football, Troy Vincent. Vincent running down the sideline. He's at the 30, the 25-20, the 15-10. The Eagles win, the Eagles win, the Eagles win. 
You can hear his story in Return Game, Birds, Boys, and Bad Blood, the podcast, which I co-host. Now, where did the concept come from? You know, the concept came at a time when I was actually in a space where I was finding myself. So it's it's our lifestyle. Troy and I have been together since 1992. And there was a point in my life as a result of just all of the moving parts of our life mm-hmm. with our five kids, with Troy and his career, in that process somewhere I got lost in the sauce. And so I had to do some serious work and really work on my mental health in order for me to get to this place where I recognized that something was built here. We had laid a tremendous foundation and I was an intricate part in that. Mm -hmm. And in recognizing that Vincent Country became formal, where it's like, okay, here we are. We found success where we are. We've come from a mighty long way and we have the ability to share those tools with other people so they too can recognize that every single person in the family has the ability and the right to shine. That's an awesome statement. Now, not only are you a mother of five, you are also a grandmother, which I can't believe, (laughs) but have you always had this passion to cook? 100%. The first time I cooked, I was two years old. I made some cream of wheat. What? Cereal. (laughs) Because my siblings refused to cook for me. And so, hey, no problem. I'll figure it out. And I grew up around some amazing chefs. And yes, I call them chefs because everything I learned in the kitchen before I even received my formal education, I learned from my family members. My grandmother was extremely instrumental and my father, he can burn in the kitchen. And Mm -hmm. literally the list of chefs in my family goes on and on and on. And my appreciation for what I learned throughout that experience and what I was exposed to as a child and growing up, it came to light, like I said, when I was in that space of, of identifying me of really understanding who Tommy is and that the light went off, recognizing that there was so much power and so much healing in those spaces when we were around that table. Now, Tommy, is your family like my family was? I came from a family of great cooks, but when you would ask them, what did you put in this? They would tell you, I I, I don't know, because it was always different. It was never an exact measurement. And even my wife, she's a fabulous cook and baker, But she can very seldom tell you what she puts in ingredients because she changes it all the time. So do you use exact measurements or is it more by feel? And did you come from a family like that? 100% came from a family of dump cooks. That's the term. (laughs) Where they just knew what it was supposed to look like, what it was supposed to taste like. They could eyeball it and know you need a little bit of of this, a little bit of that. And more importantly, they recognize how it made people feel. That's the power of food. And so for me today, I definitely cook that way. But because I recognize the importance of documenting recipes Mm -hmm. and the ability to keep that legacy moving forward, it just tells a a powerful story. And I believe our recipes are heirlooms and it keeps Mm -hmm. each generation connected and provides the opportunity for our children and our children's children to meet people in our family lineage that they might not see in person, but they can feel that love in every dish that we prepare. 
Is that why food is such a significant part of the Vincent family? It has been so powerful and our entire journey together. Prior to our conversation, I was mm-hmm. considering Troy's time in Philly when he was an Eagle and how every game day, I would get up early in the morning and I would prepare dinner so that after the games, we didn't go with everyone else out to restaurants and kind of hang out after the game, chopping it up. We came home and I would leave the games straightway. So that way when Troy got in, the food mm-hmm. was warmed and we had the ability to sit down and enjoy the food together because it, it's our opportunity to really check in with one another and also check out. And I felt like when Troy was playing that it was critical that home was not a space where he was bringing work into, Mm -hmm. but he was leaving it outside and he was checking into the family. And I believe that those moments around the table provided him the opportunity to be able to do that and added longevity to his career because it it kept him in a healthy state of mind Mm -hmm. when it came to family with that balance between life at home and life outside of the home when he was a professional athlete. Well, I can tell Troy didn't miss many meals. I've seen him in recent years, but please don't tell him I said that because I know but he'll come after me. have you seen him lately, Derek? Have uh, you seen him lately? Don't has he trimmed down? For Troy. Has, he, has he trimmed down? Has <laughs> Troy looks amazing, okay? Does he? Yes, well, you he have, does. You have to say that. That's your man. You have no, to say that. No, Troy, Troy has been consistently making it his priority to take care of himself. Mm. Now, you know how important that is as a yes. man when yes. you reach a certain stage in life when your wife been telling you all along, listen, Derek, you need to make sure you X, Y, and Z. Yes, well, she tells me every day. I know she does. And when you get it for yourself, it's different. Yeah. Troy has received that for himself. He looks amazing. And I'm really proud of mm-hmm. him finding that space for himself where he recognizes that self-care is just as, as important for a man mm-hmm. as it is for a woman. So if I'm hearing you correctly, when you talked about the preparation of meals when he was a professional athlete, food was a conversation piece as well, correct? Yes, yes. What we talk about legacy inspired recipes. Yes. And so everything that went on our table then and even now, there the memories, if you just think about the meals that you eat mm-hmm. and when you're in the moment of eating a dish today, it can literally transport you into yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so those conversa- conversations that generate allow for us to to sit in the wonderful memories of yesterday, but also create beautiful memories for today. That's awesome. Wow. When Troy was playing, was he very picky about what he ate? No, and he's still not. And that's one thing I love about him. Troy, he's just grateful. And I'm thankful that I know how to cook. I will say in the beginning of our marriage, we was figuring that thing out. Um, but Today, he's always just gratefully received everything that was on the table. And also, there are times when he's dishing up the food and he's cooking for the family. How would you grade him as a cook? On a scale of one to 10, how would you grade him? So I would give Troy, on a scale from one to 10, I would give him an 11. Really? Because he's off the chart. I'm impressed. Well, obviously, he learned from you. (laughs) I'm impressed. You know what? His grandfather was an amazing cook, his grandfather and his grandmother. But a lot of what Troy 
emulates in life today is as a result of what he saw in his grandfather, who was a wonderful man. And he was all about community gardening and he cooked fresh food. And that's really important to us as well, making sure that you know the ingredients that are in your food, which means we do a lot of cooking from scratch. And so Troy, he has that area in him that he has cultivated over the years. And now with the schedule, Troy is in New York and we're in Virginia during the week. And on the weekends, he always prepares something that he prepares in excess so that even during the week as a family, we are getting to experience Troy's love on the table because he's then made, you know, whatever he's made and left enough for us to have even when he's not home. So with five kids, what was a grocery bill like for you guys? <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just, it it was ridiculous. And now it's kind of strange when we shop because right now it's just myself, Troy and the twins. But we also always kept friends over. The boys, Mm -hmm. when they were in school, the friends would come over and we would have them over for the weekend. And so we used to spend a lot of money on food, but food was you know how some people, they will spend their resources on stuff? Yes. When it came to food, we spent what we spent joyfully because we knew it was an opportunity to connect, especially with the boys and their friends. It was just an amazing time. And so we did it from a place of love and it was worth every single penny. Wow. Okay. So when you had all five kids home, and they would invite friends over, I'm assuming on a regular basis. Give me a visual of what a table of food at the Vincent household would look like. What would it entail? I'll give you an example. Right now, Tehran is at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And I go up there and I'll cook for him and his friends. So let's talk about what that table looks like. Wow. <laughs> so... I love to do Thanksgiving for them because I think it's really important for Tehran and not only Tehran, but his friends to feel home so they can, it feels like comfort to them and it feels like home to them. And so I'll do barbecue oxtails, macaroni and cheese, collard greens, potato salad, red velvet cake, peach cobbler, sweet potato pie, smothered turkey wings. I just believe that the opportunity to set a table and to invite people in, it makes them feel seen and it makes them feel loved. And I got that from my grandmother because she had a community kitchen and that was always the atmosphere. Anybody driving home from work, they had the opportunity to stop by Miss Edie's house Mm -hmm. and get a plate of food. And she always had enough. She never ran out. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm cooking for the young men, I always make sure there's enough, not only enough for that moment, but enough for them to pack some food to go so that even when I'm gone, that they can feel that hug that I presented Mm -hmm. to them because it's important for them to feel loved, especially when you're in an environment Mm -hmm. where the demands and the stakes are so high and the pressure is insurmountable, having a moment that can transport you into a hug and love is really important to me. For as long as you've cooked, for as much as you've cooked and create, 
Are there times when you've created something or finished a meal when, when you, you know, you got a taste test along the way, the proof is in the final product. Do you step back and say, well, that tastes better than I thought it was going to taste. You ever catch yourself doing that? Oh, I do that all the time. I'll taste okay. I'll be like, oh, girl, you did that. So, <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time. But let me tell you something. My kids and Troy, they mainly the kids, they keep yeah. me humble. Yeah. They'll eat something and they'll be like, what, you was rushing? Or and I'm like, wow. what? And they a mess because the standard in the bar is so high sure. that they have an expectation of what this food is going to taste like. Now, I'm not offended by that at all because most of the time when they say that, they're right. But that doesn't negate the fact that, hey, y'all better be grateful y'all got some food on this table and you got something to eat. Are you like my wife when she starts burning in the kitchen? She tells all, get out of my way, get out of the kitchen. Are, are you one of those people? No. No? No, I am not. All of my children can cook everything that I cook. As so well as you cook it? They can do everything that I do. And so the, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. The main ingredient in everything that matters is love. Mm -hmm. If love is not in it, I don't want it. And because it comes from that place, I'm not eating food when they're cooking it, judging it. Mm -hmm. I'm eating it and just relishing in the fact that they cared enough to prepare it. Right. But it's delicious. So with mm -hmm. all of that being said, no, they can put it down in the kitchen and it always amazes people. All of them, I started bringing them in the kitchen when they were three years old. And I do it right now with my grandchildren because I, cooking is a gift that keeps on giving. And so making sure that they have that necessary life skill. Cooking is a life skill. Yes. And I believe everyone should at least know how to make two recipes. Which is? You just should have two recipes in your okay. repertoire. So what can you make, Derek? What two recipes can you make? I'm more of a griller. My wife is the artiste in the kitchen. But, you know, like you, whenever I do something, she'll tell me it needs a little bit more of this or it needs a little bit more of that. And I'll say, wait a minute, why don't you, you stay over here. Let me do this over <laughs> here. But it doesn't work that way. Would you consider yourself a cooking perfectionist? Break that down a little bit for me okay. when you say a cooking perfectionist. There are people who love to cook, and if it tastes okay, they're satisfied with that. They're going to enjoy the meal no matter what. Then there are other people that love to cook, but when they sit down, they don't enjoy it as much because in their mind they're saying, I should have added a little more of this. Maybe I should have added a little less of this. To me, that's a cooking perfectionist. They eat the meal, they'll enjoy it, but not as much as they thought they would when they were preparing it. Okay, I understand. So there are times when I never cook a meal and am satisfied with it just being okay. Okay. So when I'm preparing food, I'm expecting it to be delicious. And then there are times when I'll taste the food that I prepared and I definitely critique it where I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, next time I'm going to adjust it to do this. But to me, that's not about perfectionism. That's about being a lifetime learner and mm -hmm. making sure that everything that we do, there's always an opportunity for it to be better. Mm. Um, and so I'll never just settle on this is the recipe. Like very rarely do I make something the same when I'm doing okay. my dump cooking. It's always different. 
because it's like when you're in the creative mode and you're a cook, mm-hmm. a true cook, like when I cook food, I actually see when I'm in the grocery store looking for the ingredients, mm-hmm. recipes come to me like music notes come to a musician. That's the only way I could describe it. Mm. And so it's like I'm in the store and my brain is just ping pong and all over with the, the ingredients. And sure. then um, I, it just plays out the, exactly the way that I desire it to. And then after I do it, I'm like, okay, next time we're going to do this. Has your cooking taken you farther than you thought it would? Because now you have a podcast. Uh, are the cookbooks out there? What's, what's coming up next for you? So I'm definitely, the cookbook is definitely in the works and nothing is happening in my life by happenstance. I move very intentionally. And when I mentioned to you about that place that I was in when I was, you know, dealing with some depression and I had to tap into who I am today and continue to grow forward in that way. I recognized that the only way that I was going to continue to flourish was to make sure that I was extremely intentional. Okay. And so everything that I'm doing, there are dots that are being connected and they all serve a purpose and my ability to get people back to the table. Mm, That is awesome. I got one more question for you. If you had a moment, and I'm sure it's a rarity, but if you had a moment just to cook for yourself and yourself alone, what would you make for you? I wouldn't cook. Not at all? I would eat a bowl of cereal. No, you wouldn't. No way. No way. No way, no how. No, no. Let me tell you something. I would make a bowl of cereal. (laughs) That's exactly because this this is my pleasure. Mm-hmm. And and I know I grew up watching my dad do this every evening. This was after dinner. All You know, the day has gone by, but it was his moment. He would make a bowl of cereal. He would sit down on the couch and he mm-hmm. would watch TV. Mm. And so for me, that is a pleasure mm. to, to get a bowl of cereal, to cut on the TV and watch something that I'm going to enjoy and eat my bowl of cereal. All right. Tommy Vincent, it has been my pleasure (laughs) to talk food with you. Thank you for your time. Hey, and by the way, if you ever have any extra, just send it my way, FedEx, would you? (laughs) Yes, I will do that, Derek. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come and join you at the table. Hey, everybody, it's Blake again, dropping in here with Feeding the Facts, where I give you a little extra info to chew on during the episode. Today's installment... Family Thanksgiving Dining Thanksgiving is widely considered to be the biggest family food holiday of the year, with the average person consuming at least 1.5 pounds of turkey. That means Americans eat over half a billion pounds of turkey on Thanksgiving, a quarter of that coming from the Kelsey household. Travis and Jason haven't combined for 13 Pro Bowls, 7 All-Pros, and 2 Super Bowl trophies by eating a couple of yams on Turkey Day. Back to you, Derek. Brandon Graham is a fan favorite. He was part of the Super Bowl team, and he plays his heart out every time he takes the field. But September of 2021, Brandon ruptured his Achilles tendon in the game against the 49ers. He's on the mend, but his place in the Eagles family changed this past season. He went from suiting up 
to the sidelines or watching from home. But to diehard fans, number 55 will always be part of the family. This mandatory break from the game has given Brandon more time at home with his own family. This also meant that he could no longer rely for a period of time eating at the Novacare complex. So he and his wife, Carlin, began to collaborate and make healthy meals that the family could enjoy together with varying degrees of success. Brandon and wife Carlin took a break from helping their daughter Emerson with Zoom school to talk about who does the most cooking and what to do when you have picky eaters. Yuck. 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 It is my pleasure to welcome in two of my favorite people, Brandon and Carlin Graham. How you guys doing? Man, we're doing good. Good. Hey, Carlin, what's it like having Brandon out and home for the entire season? You know, my last nerve. So I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> it's been pretty good because he's been able to uh, do a lot of hands-on stuff that he wants to do during the season. Like, he takes the kids to school every day. He picks them up. The normal load that I normally do during the season, he's been pretty much doing. And well, in the beginning, it was kind of hard because he couldn't really do anything. But now that he's moving around, he's very helpful. Hey, Brandon, for you, how awkward has it been not being able to be uh, around the practice facility and being around the house more so than you normally are this time of year? Man, it been, it's been so different because you used to yelling and screaming on the field, not yelling and screaming in the house. <laughs> them, kids, them kids keep you busy. It's a good busy. I think for me, I just took on that role of just appreciating the time that I'm getting, you know, with the family. And uh, the only time I do feel weird is on game day when I when I got a root from the sideline. That's the biggest thing. Hey, you guys have two kids, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so how important are meals, healthy meals, in the household for you guys. And I'll start with you, Carla. It's very important because I'm very active. The kids are very active. My daughter, she's in gymnastics, ballet, swim. So we all have to eat somewhat healthy. We like what we like, but it's very important to nourish our bodies, especially with us being super, super busy, a busy family. Hey, Brandon, are the kids picky eaters? I would say Bryson. It's not picky. He's more of a meat eater <laughs> like I am. Baby girl, you can say that she she like what she like, too. She, yeah, she a little picky. She's more because she goes to a Montessori school and the Montessori school is a, it has a vegetarian menu and they're like really hands on with like cooking their food and prepping their food. She likes vegetables and a lot of what she's doing at school is kind of like rippling into home life. So I have to kind of like make sure I'm paying attention to that stuff. Okay, Carlin, I'm going to come right back to you with this question. What's your strategy for trying to get your kids to try new foods? Um, we have like a little TV in the, in the kitchen. They normally watch a show or something. And if they're really into it, if they don't want to eat it, then I'll say, I'm going to turn the TV off. And they'll be like, okay, I'll try it. <laughs> and then they'll eat it. I, I don't like to say threatened, but I kind of like hold something over their head of something that they like. And my thing is like, once you try it, if you don't like it, then you don't like it. But if you like it, then you like it. And most of the time they end up liking it. Hey, Brandon, now what's your strategy for trying to get your kids to try new foods? Beg them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the kids going to do what they want to do. But for me, I try to make them feel good and be like, baby, try it with me or I'll try it with them uh, together. 
and sometimes you get it to work, sometimes you don't. For the most part, um, I'm begging. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask both of you this, and you can jump in uh, whichever wants to be first. But for both of you, what were your favorite meals when you were coming up as kids and stuff? What was your favorite meal? So my mom, she cooked home cooked meals because she was a stay-at-home mom, so she would cook for us. So I think a luxury for us or a treat was for us was like going to like a fast food restaurant because we would never really eat like that. I look forward to that doing that. Mm-mm. Brandon? For me, when my grandma and my mom would make spaghetti and uh, fried chicken, ooh, still good. Now, do you guys still eat those types of foods today? No, we don't eat fast food, but we definitely do eat spaghetti and chicken. Yeah, we do that. Most of the time it's good meals, healthy meals, but then sometimes you get the hearty, good comfort food. All right, now here's a question I've been waiting to ask, and I can't wait for this answer. Who's the better cook between the two? <laughs> That's easy. Me? Well, look, okay. <laughs> I used to cook. Before this. Even when he was cooking, I still yeah, was always still good, the best though. Cook. I mean, that's what warmed my heart. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the cook. Do you have a specialty? I like to eat breakfast. Like breakfast is my thing. Yeah. Like I like yeah. I like making breakfast foods. Like yeah, it'd be. that's my favorite thing. But I don't know. I make this pasta dish. Egg, oh yeah, yeah, the pasta dish. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a homemade oh, hamburger helper. Yeah, but it's not. The well, box is actually like from scratch. The sauce is from scratch. Yeah, it's good. All of that, like minus the noodles. The noodles I, I got to boil from the box. Yeah, when are you making that again? <laughs> when are you making that again? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we need that. We're going to have that in a minute. All right, Brandon, when you jump in and cook, what's your go to specialty? When I jump in and cook, well, you know what? It's been a long time since I jumped He's in. He's full. He's full. When I did cook, Carla loved my uh, salmon croquettes and biscuits. Boy. He did pretty good with that. Wait, you said when you cook. When was the last time you cooked? Man, it's been a long time. I ain't going to lie. I just told her that uh, I want to I wanna start grilling. You know what I'm saying? And and being the Oh, uh, you don't master. want me to tell you a story about that. Oh, no, no. Don't tell them that story. Don't tell them that story. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. You guys brought it up. I need to hear this. Uh, so, Brandon, so, Carla, you're saying Brandon should not be allowed near a grill? <laughs> Absolutely not. Why? What happened? I don't know, Brandon. Well, me? look, go ahead, go ahead, tell him. That was bad. He was tra- he was trying to uh, grill. And I think it's probably it's probably his first time grilling. He made some I don't know if they well, were turkey burgers. turkey burgers. Let's just say they did not taste like turkey burgers. They taste like what is the lighter fluid burgers? <laughs> he didn't let the he didn't let the lighter fluid fluid burn off, burn off properly. They did not taste right. Hey, Brandon, about a year ago, I believe it was, you changed your diet, I believe. If that is the case, why did you decide to change your diet? Because um, I knew that it was important. And I have said that I'm going to stop cheating myself and really try to, you know, go all the way. Uh, instead of just doing it during the off-season, eating right during the off-season, then when the season comes around, you know, I'm just doing whatever because I feel like I'm working out already anyway. You know, that's when I should have been doing it the most. And so I think for me, it's just giving it a shot of just trying to do it all all year round and make it a lifestyle. Because I know for one, it's going to make me feel better and play better. That's just what you should strive for uh, anyway, because all that stuff catch up to you. Hey, Carlin, is it difficult to cook for him? 
No. I mean, well, not the good soulful stuff. He'll eat that, but like he's, a, you know, like the healthy stuff, he'd be looking at it. You could kind of tell he wish it was like a burger or something, but he'll do it. He'll eat it. <laughs> but, you know, he like what he like. So, Brandon, what did you eliminate from your diet? A lot of fried, a lot of dairy. Dairy. Let me see what else. Like fast food stuff. Process. Uh, all the processed stuff. You know, like the snacks, mm-hmm. chips. Try not to drink as much juice. I really try to just stick to the water and, you know, uh, eat the meals, uh, the, the meals that's cooked for me. Speaking of meals cooked for you, Carlin, does he critique your meals a lot? No. Uh-uh. He's pretty easygoing as long as it's flavorful. And, you know, he's pretty much a creature of habit. Like, he don't really venture off too much. Like, he's he's easy to please. Brandon and Carlin, thank you guys so much for being a part of Feeding the Birds. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having us. Appreciate you always. All right. That clear. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Feeding the Birds food debate. I'm Blake Wexler, and I am joined by two of the best friends in the entire world, Ross Tucker and Colleen Wolf. Thank you both for uh, for joining me today. Colleen, how are you doing? I'm feeling wonderful. I'm mm-hmm. feeling hungry. I'm excited to get a sandwich at some point today. Yes. So, yeah, everything's looking up for me. I love it. Ross, have you had your sandwich yet, or uh, where, where are you at? You know what? I'm 43 I'm at the stage in my life where if fish tacos are on the menu, that's what I order. I don't know why. I feel healthy, but still delicious. So I end up eating a lot of fish tacos these days. Fish tacos in Harrisburg. I like it. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. That's a California fish taco snob right there. I knew that was coming. Well, the Atlantic Ocean trickles into Harrisburg. I'm not a, yeah, a map genius. Susquehanna River. <laughs> right, right. Everybody goes to Harrisburg for fish tacos. I've heard it. We've been a big happy family on this podcast so far during these food debates where it's it's been tough to find areas where these two disagree, which I think has been an amazing thing. But I think we finally found a topic this week. This is a family episode. We're going best holiday food. So if you had to pick a holiday and the type of food that you guys eat during that holiday, I need you to pick which one you want. And I will go first with Colleen, please start us off. Okay. So for the longest time growing Mm -hmm. up, my favorite day of the year was Thanksgiving. But that was until I met my husband, John, whose family is Italian, and I had my first seven fishes experience. And let me tell you, Christmas Eve dinner, waiting all year long for that is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my entire life. Picture this. You walk into a home with multiple generations of amazing Italian women who can cook so well, and they are making fried dough. They're making fried dough with mozzarella. The whole house smells like fried dough. You have to burn your clothes when you leave. But it is such an experience. And then all of a sudden, they start rolling out the Clams Casino. They have the shrimp and cocktail sauce. You have bacala. You have citrus salad. You have sausage bread. And that is where I come down on this because the sausage bread is the star of the show. It's the star of the holiday season and Christmas Eve in general. And Grandma 
who is turning 97 years old this year, is still wow. making sausage bread and fried dough for everyone. Now, sausage bread, you might be asking yourself, what exactly is this? Well, it's just delicious dough with sausage and provolone cheese all rolled up and mixed together. And it oh is God. one of the most delightful things. I think the baby Jesus would absolutely love it. And I would love to put that under the tree for everyone. But honestly, I want it for myself. So it just goes into my freezer with my frosted glasses of beer, which you may have heard in another episode. <laughs> so Colleen, I have a question. Yeah. I, I, I need some more information okay. on this. I've heard of it, but what is the seven fishes? Usually there are seven different fish dishes that are there. Mm -hmm. And so there's like pasta and clams. You get mussels, clams casino, shrimp, bacala, which is so good, salted cod. You can do it any way that you really want. But for me, it's like the additions that they put on top of the seven fishes, such as the fried dough and the sausage bread. It is very funny that we have people with the last names of Tucker, Wolf, and Wexler explaining what the feasts of the seven fishes are on this podcast, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Ross, if you had to pick a holiday, best holiday food, what would you go with? Yeah, I mean, I think Colleen probably knows what my answer is going to be. It's St. Patrick's uh, Day, isn't it? Big <laughs> <The> cabbage guy? <laughs> Absolutely not. Irish food is not my jam. I was a big Shepherd's Pie fan there Ooh, for, for a so long good. time. So everything Colleen said sounds wonderful. Sounds mm -hmm. delicious. Sounds unique. Doesn't sound like holiday food to me. Holiday food is Thanksgiving. It's the turkey. It's the gravy. It's the mashed potatoes. And now this is interesting. I'll be curious if you've ever heard of this. Have you ever heard of filling? You know what filling is? Stuffing. Mm -hmm. Yes. So do they call it in, in Horsham, do they call it stuffing or filling? It's stuffing. Okay. But it's so, also dressing too, I've heard too, right? Yes. Yes. So you get to like Reading and certainly West. My wife is Pennsylvania Dutch and it's called filling and it is like a delicacy. I don't even know all the stuff they throw in the filling. In particular, my mom, sausage filling. Now, oh, perfect. So good. It looks terrible. It looks like <laughs> the stuff you would see in a baby's diaper. Okay. It looks, it's the worst looking Not a good food you so ever look at. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best tasting food of all time. I it's almost liquefied. I wouldn't I would tap it and inject it in my veins. Oh, yeah. Okay? I'm never home for Thanksgiving. I don't want to get sad. I do a game on the radio for Thanksgiving every year. So my mom gets like a big tub of this. Maybe that's why I love it because I miss Thanksgiving so much. Aww. My mom gets a big tub of the sausage filling. I'm appealing to Blake's like family sensitive. I'm never home. Like, Ross has I know. You're, this is manipulative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can my mom please win this segment? It would mean everything to her. No. And, and, anyway, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, it's awesome. It's turkey. Gravy and it's the sausage fillings. We got sausage bread against sausage filling. Both of you made amazing arguments. Colleen, it's so hard to beat Feasts of the Seven Fishes. It's such a unique Christmas thing. But what I heard about Ross being alone on Thanksgiving without 
made lighting a tub of goop. I just, I have to go, Ross. I just feel, send him home. Let him be home for Thanksgiving. Ross, you won that one. Congratulations. If you're listening, please leave a five-star review. Um, And also, why don't you weigh in? Maybe you're a sausage bread person. Maybe you're a filling person. Let us know. And also, as always, thank you to Colleen Wolf and Ross Tucker. I'm Blake Wexler. We will see you next time. Now I could get behind some sausage bread. Hey, that'll do it for all of us here at Feeding the Birds today. A big family size thank you to Tommy Vincent, Brandon and Carlin Graham for taking the time to chat with me. My thanks also to Ross Tucker, Colleen Wolf, and Blake Wexler for another delicious debate. Hey, hop over to iTunes and leave us a review to help others find us. And while you're there, let us know which holiday food or meal is your favorite. This has been Feeding the Birds presented by Pepsi, hosted by a man who's definitely worth the calories in Derek Gunn. I'm Blake Wexler. Thanks for listening.